What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. Uh, if my voice sounds a little bit off, I've discovered either I have the coronavirus or I've become too Jewish for air conditioners. It, it's one or the other. I'm, I, I think I might be at a stage in my life where I can no longer eat dairy or be in air conditioning rooms without waking up, you know, either with a sick stomach or sounding like a nasally. You know, I stopped going to synagogue. I shaved my head. What more do I need to do to avoid these, you know, to avoid being so Jewy. What what else can I do to avoid this fate? I'm not sure. Anyways, moving is a fucking wipeout. I mean, I transported what you would have thought was I had one small, teeny, tiny bedroom. I would have thought this would have uh, nothing, a nothing adventure. I had one little, I mean, I was basically living out of a storage unit, but I guess the amount of shit you can fucking cram into a storage unit. Now I'm in a, you know, two bedroom apartment. I've already spread out most of the mess. Like, and I don't even, my mess is not even, I still don't have stuff. I don't have a couch. I don't have a television. I don't have chairs. So my mess is just like the real hoardery shit. <laughs> it's really just the bags with the left-handed scissors and the roaches. I don't have any roaches. I better not have any roaches. First thing I did when I came in here, I sprayed down some walls. I put down some of those roach traps. I haven't seen a bug in here yet, and it better fucking stay that way. So coming from New York City, this place is an incredible amount of space. Um, I got a one bedroom, which basically means you've got a studio apartment, and then you still have a whole nother bedroom. And I, I figure you give me two years, and then I'll have enough clutter in here. I'll, I'll need a two bedroom, but then by then I'll be like 35, and then by 40, you get so much shit that you finally need a house. And because I have no furniture here, if I ever bring chicks back into this place, I'm just always going to have to play that card of, I, I just moved in last week. Oh my God, just wait till the furniture gets here. You wouldn't believe how high end the furniture I have is. Couches, I've got like nine couches. I'm not even sure I'm going to fit all my high end leather couches into this room, baby. Uh, the other thing is this place, at least when I moved in, it didn't smell, it smelled like, it smelled like cat, but it didn't just smell like cat. The carpets, these are some old school carpet. This looks like carpet that's been here for 30 years. It's like that outside of a bath, like, you know, like that real shaggy, you, you could, just, you don't even need a mattress. That's how, that's how cushioned this carpet is. It is, it is your shaggy seventies, uh, bath mat carpet. And this thing I think has absorbed cat piss for the last 40 years. It is just a wet, carpet of cat piss I think or it might not be I I, I might already be used to it I, I definitely went around this thing with a lot of Lysol and I did my part I've been just nothing but windows open except for that one night that I decided to close the windows and then run the air conditioner all night and that's why I sound like this or I have coronavirus I might have it who the fuck knows I certainly hope not I really want to do that gig tomorrow night in Philly and if I do do that gig tomorrow night in Philly and then it turns out that I did um, we will be deleting this podcast it will be gone from the record books and then I will claim that it was because somebody sued us for defamation, which actually did happen the last time. And on that note, fucking Twitter hit me up and said that I had a post that was flagged. I got my first ever strike. And they said that the strike was because of um, uh, trademarked content, which is bullshit. They don't tell you who gave you the strike. And then they give you information like, listen, this is going to be a strike unless you want to fight it. And here's some information to fight it. Just press click like next to acknowledge that you acknowledge this. And then I thought there'd be a next screen, which would give you the information on how to fight it. But no, then it's just gone. And you're like, I, I guess I can just ignore that. But now I already got one for trademark content. I haven't taken anyone else's content. I don't know. I, I don't even know what post it was. I don't even know what of the posts that I did. They're claiming was somebody else's content, which it wasn't. I don't know. Whatever. Fucking Twitter. What, what was I trying to talk about? Oh, yeah, my fucking pee stain rug. This place, you know, when I first moved in, 
Definitely smell like cat pee. I, I think it doesn't anymore, but that just might be because I, I'm used to it. I might, but then that might be a good way to attract a crazy lady, like crazy cat people. I, it maybe if you're a person, you, you know, they ask you like, dude, do you got a cat? And you're like, no, but my place really smells like cat piss. <laughs> I'll do you one better. <laughs> the person who lived here before me, I think it was just 40 years going right into that rug and you get this place on a hot day and it's like a fucking sauna of urine, baby. You're going to love it. Come on over. Uh, but it's hard to gauge cause you know, you open up my windows and you just get a fresh view of Domino's dumpster bins. You know, most people, if you get a view of a dumpster bin, it's just one. I've got two, and they're laying down fresh pizza in there all the time. It is nothing but fucking, you know, you get a nice waft of fresh air, and you're just smelling garlic. Good for keeping the vampires out. No vampires are getting into this apartment. I'll tell you that much. We are, we are vampire-proofed. If I'm going to be on a date, they're going to be like, you know, you got a weird smell to you. I'll have to be like, yeah, I'm a garbage man. She'll be like, well, are you guys moving a lot of cheese or something? You're working at... <laughs> You were a garbage man at some kind of a cheese shop. Uh, and then the hallway smells worse than the apartment. I, I, it's like human piss. It's like Port Authority style piss. It's like at least in the apartment, you've got like the friendly, you know, domesticated cat animal. Uh, and then it, it's hard to get a feel for is it the whatever. I, I've, I've, the place is clean. It's nice. I've got a lot of space. I've got a porch. If it didn't overlook two garbages, it would be summer porch tour ready. I'm going to deck it out. I'm going to get some Christmas lights. So if you're ever doing drugs, you can sit out there and it'll be nice, except unless they just you know, I bet there hasn't been a bad trash day yet, but I bet there's that one day a week. Like even in my last apartment, they didn't clear out, they cleared out the buildings on Sundays only. So sometimes come Sunday, the whole fucking hallway in the building stunk because you had a week's worth of garbage just sitting there. So like, yeah, I'm sure that there's that situation with these dumpsters. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're real good about it. Maybe the other people with views of these nice dumpsters have complained because I'm not a complainer, not because I don't like to complain, just because I'm too lazy. When am I really going to call this store and be like, hi, is this the Domino, Domino's customer service? Hi, yes. I have a discounted um, apartment uh, with a view of your dumpsters, and I'd like to know if maybe you could remove things from this dumpster more often so that my low-rent apartment... Um, could both be low rent and, you know, have all the amenities of places with nicer views. Anyways, I love the new apartment. It's great. I'm going to deck this thing out. This thing's going to be a full studio. It's going to be Rob's Newsroom 2.0, except we're not doing any more Rob's Newsroom. We're done with that platform. It's Run Your Mouth now. This is this is Run Your Mouth Nation. We're growing the shit out of this thing. Uh, I'm going to deck it out. I already bought some lights. I thought I ordered a camera, except the order never got processed, which turned out to be lucky because I went to see my accountant to pay some taxes, and then I gave him the wrong account to pay my taxes out of. I don't know how much trouble you get him from the IRS if they go into your account and you don't have the funds to cover what you told them you were going to pay them. I don't know how these things work, but it's okay. I'm living in a new apartment. It doesn't just have one bedroom. It's got two bedrooms. There's other people screaming stupid shit in the hallway, so I can podcast right here. I don't have to be in a car. I don't have to drive onto streets. I don't have to be outside of parks when people are putting up fireworks. I don't have to be in my driveway looking at my dad who's looking at me. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. He's like, what's this guy up to? I'm like, how long is that drunk just going to sit there and watch me try and podcast my car? We're done with that. I've got my own apartment, two bedrooms, one of which we're going to be decking out into a fucking studio until one of the neighbors knocks on my door and they're like, dude, what are you yelling about? I don't understand. It's like, what are you doing in there? And I'll be like, fuck, I guess I can't podcast from here, but then we'll be back to the car. All right. 
In terms of moving, um, I do want to just give a props to U-Haul because that's got to be the last just totally not professional organization in all of America. I mean, most places, you go into a corporate office now, you got to sign paperwork, you got to take a course. U-Haul's like, dude, just take the truck. Do you know how to drive a truck? We don't give a shit. Just, you know, good luck. Good luck out there. And the office I went into was... Hoardery. I mean, even more hoard, so hoardery that like it was not a corporate office. I guess they just must, um, they must just like they're they're done trying to rent their trucks. They're just freelancers. They're just like whatever guy wants to, you know, has a failed travel agency that just wants to convert to renting out U-Hauls. They'll show up to that guy's lot with U-Hauls. That guy will process your credit card information. A big fat dude looked like he came attached to the chair. Probably just sleeps there at night. Somehow though, he's got that brain. I don't know if you've got like a lawyer or an accountant like this. That the office looks like a mess, but they somehow know where everything is. It's like they've got an OCD, uh, organized, memorized brain for exactly where you know their slot piles are. I wanted a mattress bag. And he's like, oh yeah, you go to the fourth cupboard down there, just past the cat, past that little lamp on the left shelf, second from the bottom, that's where you're going to need. Oh, and you need zip ties? Okay, so you want to go through that, four, you see that fourth desk there that's piled high in trash? Okay, so the fourth desk there, there's a box and it's underneath a lamp. You just move the lamp, you open up the lid to that box right there, that's going to be the zip ties that you need. Uh, so rented a U-Haul. I was panicked at first. First time I got on the highway, big ass fucking truck. And then I, I spoke to a friend of mine, um, and he's like, "Dude, you get used to it pretty quickly," which he did. Except luckily, I called my sister because you know what's one of the things they don't really tell you is you can't take the thing on a bunch of highways. You know, you're used to like the ways game. You get on the highway, there's a shit ton of traffic. You can find a new route. Truckers can't do that shit. I was a trucker for a day. I'm, I now I can talk about trucker life. I'm like almost a part of the trucker crowd. You get you got to stick to uh, I guess the highways, not the not the freeways, not the roadways, the parkways. Yeah, you can't go on a parkway. So that's it. You get one route. If there's traffic on that route, that that's it. That's what you're doing. Uh, but okay, I, I got some simple shit that I want to correct in the world. We'll call this the Jerry Seinfeld portion of the Run Your Mouth podcast, even though the show is great. I don't really like his stand-up. Maybe you do. Not Shannon the guy. I guess he's considered a stand-up legend. Uh, but how does the back of the U-Haul truck, you got a truck here, and you're going to pack it with all of your valuables, and you're in New York City moving in and out, and it's going to be parked on the street, and what are you going to do? You're going to take every piece of valuables that you have and put it into the back of this thing, and that's the place that we're not going to put a lock. Every door on the planet has a lock on it. Every car has a lock on it. Most of the time, you don't need a lock. What are you really doing behind that door? You're taking a dump, so someone walks in on you. You, you. you wave to them. I don't know how this turns into a shit joke. That's just where my brain goes. But the point is, how is it that the one time you're going to pack every valuable piece of your entire life into just a simple lock with a click? Like, I, I don't need any, just enough to know that someone can't just open it while you're going upstairs to get the next thing. It, it makes no sense. And a pretty simple, like, it's not like locks haven't been invented. It's not like it's uh, the old carriage times where you're, you're renting your U-Haul, you're attaching it to a horse, you're going to ride it into town, and you're like, hey, is there any way that, you know, I can put this gate in a way that someone else can't open it, and, you know, someone's there that came from the future, and they're like, sorry, you're 100 years before locks were invented, uh, so there's, uh, there's nothing we can do. They, you're just going to have to have an open gate. That's the way life is. If someone wants to open something, they can just open it. How is this the one thing that you don't put a fucking lock on? All right, well, if anyone knows the people of U-Haul, you can uh, 
you can hit them up. You can let them know that. And then the other thing that, just an easy fix, and this one's going to go into my act, the U-Haul thing, not going into my act, that's it. I will never mention that one again. Probably not. I mean, who knows, but for the most part, I don't have any plans of uh, bringing that up again. This one, uh, this one I'm bringing up again. This one I'm not done with. This one I'm passionate about. This one, until the day I die, I'm going to be ranting about this one. Uh, My grandfather, sadly, he's... uh, not not doing well. He's at that age. He's 85, 86. And, um, you know, he's got dementia. Uh, and then he just got ass cancer. So I think they like took part of his ass out. I don't, I don't really know. I'm not a scientist. So I, I don't really know what they did. But I'm pretty sure they took part of his ass out. And now he's got like a colostomy bag. I don't really know how that works. But I think it's like you don't have an ass anymore. And you can just eat whatever. And then it goes into... It goes into the bag. I think it's something like that. Which seems weird. Because like, I would think of a guy has dementia, you, you really don't want to give him things that he might forget, <laughs> he shows up to a point like, what the fuck's that smell, oh my god, he forgot his colostomy bag, Jesus, Sam, get it together, well, he's got dementia, what are you gonna do, anyways, we don't have to make fun of my grandfather, he's been a great guy, I'm riding in his car, I owe the man a lot, smart, very, very smart person, and, uh, whatever, we're all gonna hit that stage in life where, uh, you're, you're shitting into bags, that, that's the lucky thing, if you go long enough, you can, you can live to the point that your body has so failed you, um, that, you know, they're taking your ass out and swapping it for, for bags, um, which is good that you can even get a bag now, it's not easy to get bags, and, oh, can I comment that not only do they take away your bags, but somehow the brown paper bags are worse, you finally got to this moment in the world where it's like, this, this could be the crowning moment for brown paper bags, the whole time, they we're sitting there next to the plastic bags, and they're like, how come no one wants to use me? I'm a pretty good bag. You know, I, I can I can lift things just as well. You can actually pack more things inside me. You can need less bags, and I'm structurally sound. You can rely on me. Why are you going with the plastic? And then all of a sudden, the government, they came along, and they said, we're not going to give you plastic bags anymore. We're going all paper all the time. And then this was the moment. This was the moment for paper bags where they could stand up, they could showcase their glory, and then for some reason, they weakened the quality of the paper bags. That Most of the time when I'm in the supermarket now they, they pack the bag and then you lift it and at least it's so not structurally sound it it, it breaks right there and then the lady's got to deal with it for you at least it's it's that bad that it's not like you just get right outside the store and then it collapses it collapses right then and there they basically have made toilet paper into brown paper and i remember what brown paper bags used to be like they used to be almost like a thick construction paper and uh, not construction paper almost like quasi cardboard like they were they were thick they offered you some support, and then they got rid of the plastic bags, and they gave you the new paper bags, and the new paper bags are fucking garbage. You can't, you can't, you can't use them. Anyways, I was trying to talk about hospitals, and then we, we got distracted. Excuse me. Getting choked up because of my grandfather, and uh, mostly because I left a air conditioner on right by my head all night, and I'm too Jewish to handle that. So anyways, you go to the hospital, and when you're in the hospital and you've got an operation, like somebody removing your asshole, you need some time to recover. And you think, if a dude is 86 years old, he needs some time to recover, you leave him alone. But for some reason, they don't leave you alone. They put you in shared rooms. Which, okay, not exactly a time when you want a roommate. Hey, what happened to you? Actually, I got dementia, so I'm not sure. You mind telling me? Well, it looks like you got a bag there. Oh, thanks for helping me out. And then it just keeps going around. <laughs> Anyways, so you got a roommate. Now, if I was on uh, a road trip, and let's say I had to take a giant shit, that happens to me, I got a bad stomach, I made the mistake of, uh, let's say I ate, I made the mistake of eating some dairy, even though that doesn't make me need a shit, it makes me need, be more like nauseous, but let's just say, 
I'm out in the car, I'm on the road, and all of a sudden, I feel that rumble in my stomach, and I realize, man, I gotta take a fucking dump. And then, I'm driving along, and I pass a highway, I mean, I'm on the highway, I pass a gas station, I go, hey, I bet that's a place that I can go take a shit. And then I go to the bathroom, I I get to this gas station, I open up the the door to the bathroom, and I look inside, and uh, this gas station, they're separating their stalls by curtains. I would look at that and be like, I think I gotta go shit somewhere else. I think there's something wrong about this highway rest stop bathroom that they're not using uh, your your classic dividers, which maybe might be lacking in some function. But I would be so disgusted by if there was just a curtain divider between stalls, I would think, you know what? I'm taking my shitting elsewhere. I don't care how bad of a situation this is. This just looks so gross and repugnant and unprofessional of a bathroom. I'm not shitting in a place with curtains. And yet after an operation, that's how you separate people from other individuals. How is that like that does not give me a lot of faith in a hospital knowing what it's doing that the thing we're dividing other people it's like just put up a fucking cubicle wall cubicle walls are thin you can do a cubicle wall and put some soundproofing material on both sides hell i remember uh in synagogue they had like a wooden divider thing that they used to divide rooms it was like on a track you could put that in the middle and then it was like you had a firm wall there can someone explain to me why they got why they're doing the curtain system and then this is what was going on my grandfather i went to visit him and uh I showed up, and then I was hoping to get, like, in and out, but the guy was just sleeping, so I even asked the nurse if maybe they could try and wake him, because I just wanted him to know that I was there for a bit, that I put in the effort, and then I could get the fuck out. I didn't want to have to sit around and watch the guy nap all day, just so he could realize that I came, but that, that's what ended up happening. The guy, he was, like, super tired, which I can understand. You know, I, I, I've, I, I felt tired because I overate and made diarrhea. I can only imagine what it's like when they take your asshole out. So, I'm watching, the, the, he's like, he's sleeping. And then every once in a while, he would wake up and he would try and tell me something, but I couldn't really hear him because on the other side of the curtain, he had some lady from Long Island who for five straight hours is yelling at her husband to put his pants on. I don't know what accident this guy was in. I also don't know why a guy who's in the the, the, the hospital and seemingly the bad ward post-operations, they don't have someone available who can help him put pants on. But I'm just telling you, for five hours, this Italian lady was over and over. So when we leave, you're going to put your pants on, right? I don't know if she sounded like that, but you get the point. Anyway, so I'm on my side of the curtain, and every once in a while, my grandfather would wake up. He'd try and tell me something, and I couldn't hear because of them. And then it's like, what's the etiquette? Do you, do you move the curtain and go, hey, can he shut the fuck up? He's trying to say his last words over here. That could have been the thing that was, but do you mind? I'm trying to have a fucking moment. Like, if there's one time where you could really use a wall, it's when a guy's waking up in the middle of after an operation can barely talk, and he's trying to tell you that he needs a blanket, which I figured out at one point. But it's like, that does, and I've seen, because it gets awkward. I've had a couple experiences with these curtains. It gets really uncomfortable when something's going on on your side of the curtain that really doesn't match the vibe on the other side of the curtain. Last time, grandfather had a heart attack like 10 years ago. We went up there for uh, for a weekend when, uh, you know, we were uh, doing the, the Shabbat thing. And we went up to his room for meals. And I'm telling you, every time we sat down to eat for a meal, the guy on the other side of that curtain called for his bedpan. <laughs> My grandfather was like, that guy's for sure a fucking anti-Semite. He sees us trying to eat our religious Sabbath meal, and he's like, fuck that. I'm going to protest this shit by filling a bedpan. All right, so enough of the random stuff. So um, let's get a little bit into the news. And what I really wanted to talk about is a little bit of a leftover from what I was uh, 
hooting and hollering last week in regards to uh, Facebook because I actually decided to go to the website of all these marketing people who decided that they were going to protest Facebook. And uh, as Twitter, you know, took down some of my content, I want to remind everybody here that this is the anti-defamation podcast. We're all about peace and prosperity. That is our vision. We're, we're here to uh, uplift the downtrodden and make the world better for, for everybody. That, that, you know what? That's going to be the statement of belief at the top of every episode. I don't want anything we do here to get misconstrued as anything other than uh, being anti-defamation. That's what we stand for here. But Last week, this is what's kind of crazy and drives me nuts about the uh, the left. I don't think if I quite articulated this in last week's episode. And by the way, I did uh, Robert, who's the CEO from Sheath. Fuck, I don't remember the name of his podcast, but he had me on. I had a good time and I was talking about this. But one of the things that drives me nuts is that, like, not only are you not allowed to question stuff, if you have good ideas by the left, you're viewed as evil. That, that's like that, that to me is the biggest problem is that it, it, it's like the opposite of the emperor wears no clothes. Remember that book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes? The, the, if you never read it, real simple story. You got this king and you got this guy. He's telling him he's making the most beautiful outfit ever. Uh, and he convinces the, the emperor he's wearing this beautiful outfit. Everyone walks into the room, goes, holy shit, you're wearing this beautiful outfit. Then he goes on a parade to show off his beautiful outfit. And then one kid who's not afraid of voicing his own opinion says, hey, isn't the guy naked? And everyone realizes that the king's naked. It's a cartoon, so it's pretty clear he's got a little dick because you don't see the dick. If you're not seeing the dick, that means the guy's got a little dick. It's like dating profiles. If you look really, you know, if you look fit, you show your whole body. You're fat. You just show your face. That's the way it works. Uh, I mean, it's a kid's book. I don't know if they got into the details of the guy's penis, and but it's it's uh, it's pretty obvious. He's kind of a chunky king. I don't think he was, you know, hauling around big hog, because otherwise people would have said something earlier. All of a sudden he would have been like, why are all the women sleeping with me? Usually I've got to plunder and rape as the king to get laid, but now women are just kind of knocking on the palace door late at night. Must be that new suit. People must realize how nice this suit is. This new suit, it allows me to show off my big old king piece. All right, I don't know why we ended up talking about big dicks. The point, the moral of that story, <laughs> from what I remember, is that it's good to question things. You don't just take things as fact. You just take things as fact, and then you're just following the crowd, and sometimes the whole crowd's retarded. You're not allowed to use that word, but, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to talk and do things, and now I'm stuttering because that's what happens when you try and censor yourself. Anyways, the point is, they questioned it, and everybody was wrong the whole time. And what's crazy about what's going on with the left is that just by questioning things, you're considered evil. You got to make these statements of allegiances, and that's why I actually appreciated uh, that letter. Um, there was one line from the letter uh, that it was, uh, here was the line. But this needed reckoning has also intensified a new set of moral attitudes and political commitments that tend to weaken our norms of open debate and tolerance of differences in favor of ideological conformity. And God bless the real academics. That's a pretty uh, good sentence. I think that kind of summarizes the um, the problem with the new attitude where it's like if you're not going to make a statement of allegiance to their cause, then by default, you're evil. You're not allowed to question it. Uh, and just to kind of show how confident these people are, and I thought this was just so funny, the at Facebook, a person, you got to go look up this article, but people got up and they tried to tell Zuckerberg, 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 uh, they tried to tell Zuckerberg that he needed to step down from his own charity 
He created, not only does the guy create this Facebook thing that turns out to be immensely profitable, but he decides to take some of that money and he decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to people. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be charitable. I'm going to give free money to people who I think could benefit from my money. And then someone tells him, hey, I think you should step down from your own charity because you're not policing the racist act- activity on Facebook. That is how morally corrupt him not policing the supposed, I'm going to put in air quotes, racist activity that he can't even stand on his own charity. This to me is, uh, I read a book years ago that really shaped my uh, libertarian opinions, uh, but one of the, he had this example that when it comes to healthcare, you know, the idea, hey, we should have free healthcare. Imagine if you walked into a hospital with a super rich guy and you said, hey, I'm such a nice, I'm such a nice person. I'm going to, this rich guy is going to pay for everything. That's how nice I am. You're not being nice. That's not your fucking money. If you want to go earn money and then do something generous with it, good for you. That's called being generous. That's doing something nice. That's being a nice person. Spending somebody else's money, that's really easy to do. It's really easy for me to claim how nice I am that I'm going to do something with somebody else's resources. That's not doing anything. But that, that, to me, that's the level of confidence that these people are, are on the side of morality that they show up and they go, hey, listen, I think what you're doing is so wrong, you shouldn't even be allowed to give away your own money to charity. That's how evil what you're doing is. You should not even be allowed to give money to charity. And then here's kind of what I'm starting to realize with these people is that I think they've kind of picked up on... Um, what I want to say, it's like, it's the land of lawyers where if you're, if you're going to lie, you got to go, you got to go really big with your lie. It's almost like negotiating. You got, you got to throw an extreme anchor in there. You got to ask for four times the price of what you're actually looking. I don't, I don't use this in sales, but it exists. You can go read the book, uh, never split the difference, negotiating book. He talks about using anchors. You got a car and you say the car costs $50,000 when you're willing to sell it for $20,000. So when you're negotiating the guy who says, well, I'll take it for 30, thinks he got a $20,000 price break or, you know, you, you tell, uh, you tell a lady you'll move in, but only if uh, you have sex with me every morning and you make me eggs for breakfast. And she goes, I'll make you eggs for breakfast. And really, you would have just let her move in. Extreme anchor. So that's kind of, to me, what's going on. It's like we're in the land of the lawyers where they just throw out these fucking bonkers, bonkers fucking out there. Pay where It's almost like you just got to laugh and go, hey, can you just come to me with a reasonable opinion? Can you Can you just form a reasonable perspective? And then maybe we can have a conversation about that. But that's not the way they approach it. They just throw out the fucking extreme anchor. And here to me, this is the, I, I've, I've, I've showed this on the podcast before, but this to me is the ultimate just showcasing of like this lawyerly lying. I want to play this clip from The Godfather. All right, this committee is now adjourned. The I don't think my microphone picked up one word of that, but you can go look it up. It's uh, Godfather 2, the Senate hearing, and uh, basically this guy's going to testify against uh, the Godfather, uh, Al Pacino, that, you know, he's running this whole fucking ring, that he's a crime lord, and he's done all this bribing, all this stuff, right? And then uh, they get the brother of the guy who's going to testify from Italy comes in. The guy realizes, oh, yeah, I got honor. I can't be snitching. And he rescinds his testimony. Um, But... The Godfather, he actually is responsible for every single thing that they've mentioned. But then the lawyer gets up at the end and he goes, this guy, by the way, they brought the brother and they brought him to intimidate the witness. And they go, he came here on his own dollar in order to support his brother at his time of need. 
What a great, what a wonderful lie. It's all about him, and it's all about his well-being. He came here for his brother in his brother's time of need, and then he starts yelling at them that they owe Michael Corleone an apology. They owe him an apology because he got to play the lie to the extreme. If the guy's really there and he's really innocent, you don't just leave with your, you know, you don't just leave. You got to say, hey, the court, because you got to play out that reality all the way to the extreme. And that's where I kind of feel like these... um, Leftists have kind of, they figured this out that, you know, they've got to make extreme claims. They've really got to go for the jugular. They've got to drop the big ass anchors. And so here what happened is they made the claim. You go to this website of all these people who, you know, were boycotting Facebook and they called it Stop Hate for Profit. That was the line. That was that, 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 that was the opinion that they took. The reason why they can't be on Facebook is because we have to stop hate for profit as if hate as if the hate was directly the profit. If, if you guys really found out a way that we can monetize hate, I'd like to submit this podcast as my resume for being a person who can spew a lot of hate. It's like they were actually profiting off of the hate that people have. They figured out a way to monetize people's hatred. That's what was going on on Facebook. So here, let's read a little bit of... Um, what they were saying is all this hatred on Facebook that Facebook has managed to, to monetize. We know what Facebook did. Um, they allowed incitement to violence against protesters fighting for racial justice in America in the wake of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Tony McDade, Ahmad Arbery, Rashad Brooks, and so many others. They named Brightward News a trusted news source and made the Daily Caller a fact checker, despite both publications having records of working with known, with known white nationalists. Which, by the way, if this is your best example of that Facebook has racists hanging out on it, you probably got to do a little bit better. Not that I read Breitbart or even know what the Daily Caller is, but this seems like your old card of truly trying to portray things that aren't racist as being like, I don't think those are for real. Like They might be extreme conservative or a little bit, you know, I, I don't know. All right, let's continue. They turned a blind eye to blatant voter suppression on their platform. All right, where's the proof of that? Where's there been, in what way was there Facebook voter, like, did people from Facebook go out and, you know, not let people show up at at voting booths? I don't know what incident you guys are referring to. And I read the news basically every day. So I really like to know what incident are you guys referring to? Because I don't even remember this accusation um, happening that there was, okay, let's continue. Could they protect and support black users? Could they call out Holocaust denial as hate? Could they help get out the vote? Is any of that supposed to be the responsibility of Facebook? So, in other words, since Facebook isn't helping Democrats get elected, because that's always the agenda of get people out to vote. That's always, it's not like, hey, we need everyone to get out and vote. They're trying to get specific individuals out to vote. So the fact that Facebook is not using its platform um, as a political tool to ensure that Democrats are being elected, uh, that's why this is clearly a platform of hate. Let's continue. They absolutely kid. They absolutely could, but they are actively choosing not to do so. In other words, they're a business, and they're a business that allows people uh, to congregate there and post, and they've created a technology by which, and somehow they cornered the market that everyone got there first, and they felt like they felt connected, and the whole thing's stupid. I never liked it. I only really go there for the part of the problem in a circle, interact with those guys. I like them. That's a good fun. Other than that, I am not scrolling through my feed. I was trying to say, right, Facebook, it's got this platform, and it does these things, and because they are not actively trying to get people out to vote, it is a platform of hate. 
Not a stretch there at all. That there no stretches there. This is a platform of hate because they're not actively because they have not because they have not labeled Bright or because they actively labeled Breitbart as a trusted news source. I don't know what that means. Is there a checkmark system on Facebook of trusted news source, or is there evidence that you can bring forward to say that Breitbart shouldn't be a trusted news source? That it's worse than the New York Times or even the Google News algorithm. What what is it about Breitbart being given the allocation of a trusted news source that now makes Facebook a racist platform, or and that and that not just that it's a platform that allows for racist, but it actually is actively promoting hate. We got to stop it. They're, they're profiting off of hate. That's where the profits are. They figured out a way that by stewing up hatred, by having people, because there, there's so many acts of violence that are happening because on Facebook, those are the acts of hate that we're talking about. That people are like people are actively being paid. There's profits. And hatred. You go out in the street and you yell at someone how much you hate them. Uh, there's at corporations that will give you money for this, and that's the profit that's in hatred. All right. So, and then here, all right, let's continue with the rest of their letter. They absolutely could, but they are actively choosing not to do so. 99% of Facebook's 70 billion is made through advertising. Who will advertisers stand f- stand with? Let's send Facebook a powerful message. Your profits will never be worth promoting hate, bigotry, racism, anti-Semitism, and violence. Please join us. And then here's the best part of the whole thing. You get to the bottom and they say, thanks for hitting pause on hate. We're not against a platform where you can profit off hate. That's okay. But for one month, we can at least put a pause on it. We can at least, you know, it's like... 11 months of the year, it's okay to rape, but at least for one month to go, hey, we better think about all this rape that we're doing. Hey, there's this, there, there's a platform here, and it profits off of hate. It goes out there, and it does terrible things, and we absolutely can't support it, and you've got to understand that this is a platform of hate. But for 11 months, it's okay. 11, 11 out of 12 months, that's fine. I mean, profiting from hate, we're, we're, all, we're, we're corporations. We want to make a profit. So what we're going to do is, it's, it, this is the worst platform that ever happened. They're profiting from hate. Um, but for 11 out of 12 months, that's okay. I mean, we, we, really, it's like Lent. We'll give it up for a month. We, we can go one month because one month, I don't think any of our competitors can get a foothold in the market. So for one month, it makes sense. We can at least take one month off, but... After that, I mean, we better get back to prof- profiting from hate. That's what we do here. That's the craziest part. They, they were only planning on uh, maybe they'll end up expending, extending the boycott, but uh, I, I, at least I think I took that right from the website. They went from let's stop profit from hate to thanks for putting a pause. That's all this really needed. I mean, it's the worst thing that ever happened, but let's just pause it for a month. All right. I want to read a little bit more from what the goals of this organization that rallied all these corporations to, uh, you know, not be on Facebook. One of them is find and remove public and private groups focused on white supremacy, militia, anti-Semitism, violent conspiracies, Holocaust denialism, vaccine misinformation and climate denialism. Now, climate denialism, I'm a guy who's a little bit of a climate skeptic, so that would mean I'm not allowed. And then what what, what would fall into um, violent conspiracies is questioning the Federal Reserve of violent conspiracy, because all of a sudden it seems like you've got broad categories here, which is kind of like the earlier thing that if you don't swear allegiance to these people's cause, if you're the person who's just questioning, and, and that's the problem for society. So we can't even question, like, think about all the things that they've lied to us about, like the hydroxychlorine. It was one of the best examples recently. They they just fabricated they fabricated the models on how much death you know was involved in this thing. They fabricate 
all sorts of evidence all the time and just questioning it, being a reasonable human being and using the faculties of your logic to even just wonder, hey, is the information that they give me truthful? That you can't do. That's not what we're looking for here. We're not looking for critical thinkers. Just questioning means you haven't sworn your loyalty and allegiances and therefore you're not allowed, you're promoting hate. All right, let's read the next one. Adopting common sense changes to their policies that will help stem radicalization and hate on the platform. You got to love the line common sense. They throw that on just reasonable gun control. It's the moderate rebels. Oh yeah, it turned out to be Taliban. It's the moderates. All right, stop recommending or otherwise amplifying groups or content from groups associated with hate, misinformation, or conspiracies to users. That would probably be the inner circle, which already seems to get... And by the way, the reason I say that is because of misinformation or conspiracies. Everything that we ever talk about could be labeled a uh, misinformation or a conspiracy according to these people's standard. They get to be the judge, and as the judge... They have to impose their censorship, and if they can't, it's because we're hate, we're hateful. We're profiting from hate. And then here's the last one. Create an internal mechanism to automatically flag hateful content in private groups for human review. They already somewhat do this, but now they're asking for, I guess, even more human review, which, by the way, if it's not up to their standards, then now the Facebook human beings are... Um, are actively engaging in hate because when they're sifting through this stuff, they let whatever comment go, which shows that clearly they endorse the hate. And so I guess what I'm kind of learning, they had this slogan here of stop hate for profit. So I think what we need to do to fight back is we've got to come up, we've got to like register the better slogans first because that's the game that they're playing here. Like you can create the organization to uplift African-Americans and then use that platform to get rid of affirmative action. But listen, we're the organization to uplift African-Americans or the Equality Institution of America or the Inclusive Institution for Equality or the Institute for Inclusiveness and Uplifting of the Marginalized. So here's two websites that I actually um, I registered. And uh, if you're a tech person out there and you want to help me build these websites, I might just link them to my website, which a fan of the show built. Props to Matt Fresta. And by the way, I got everything up there. So in case it, because uh, I've already had shit taken down from YouTube and hopefully I'll be getting more content and like, you know, stuff from like the live comedy shows up there, RobbieTheFire.com. But anyways, I'm trying to get an engineer here because I, 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 registered these two names, the Safe Space of America and Safe Space Global. And the idea is we're going to create a free speech platform where everyone feels um, comfortable expressing their viewpoints. So, you know, straight up Nazis, that's okay. It's the Safe Space of America and they should have a safe space to share their opinion. I want everyone to feel safe. That's what I'm looking for. Um, you've got hatred in your heart. Well, here's a safe space for you to vent your hatred. This is a safe space for everybody. And I own these demands. So for now, they'll probably just link to RobbieTheFire.com. But if you guys want to help me create the new Facebook or the new Twitter, the new social media platform, and we'll start off as just totally free speech, safe space America. And then over time, I mean, we're probably going to want to monetize. So we'll start taking user data and then hopefully we'll start selling a lot of ads to them. And then maybe at some point, um, you know, They'll exert pressure on us to start controlling the content. But at that point, we'll be making so much money. I'll be okay with being the bad guy. But between now and then, it's going to be the safe space of America where everyone can feel safe expressing their views and opinions safely without fear of maybe maybe if you get to, like if someone doxes you, then we throw them off the platform. Maybe that'll be the only reason that you get thrown off the platform. I don't know, something along those lines. And now I've got a random song that I would like to play for you.
Uh, and then I'll have some commentary on the song. But first, I want to play the song. that i gotta be honest that is a catchy ass song got some hick there it almost has a grateful dead like quality in the way that it's a folksy catchy song good rhythm and my god is that a terrible message also such a good poetic encompassing of this horrific opinion and and here's basically the opinion they're putting forward we're on the side and we're saying all people are kind of people and they make terrible decisions. And that's why we have to make sure that we create frameworks in which power is contained because power corrupts, people will abuse it. Everybody, everybody, doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, white, black, female, it doesn't matter. Power corrupts and the people that have it are going to do really shitty things. And so let's create universal principles that will apply to everybody. Things like the non-aggression principle. Things that will ensure that everybody's protected under all circumstances. But instead, the way these people look at it is they go, you look at history and all the atrocities were from white men. And so white men, let's just shove them to the side and we'll put other people in control. And and I, I almost get the logic. The problem is that these other people, once you give them power, they're the exact same as white men. It's racist to think otherwise. So wait, what? So um, people like if you put black people in charge, their brains are different. And so they would make different decisions. So in other words, there is a difference in skin color. Wait, so men and women are different that if we put women in charge, they would make different decisions. It's it, Firstly, it might very well be true. I don't know that there's a, like you had that case recently. You had that like first female CEO. People were talking about how amazing she was, and how and then it turned out it was a medical thing, and it turned out to be complete and total fraud. The point being, that's the flaw of this perspective, and it's kind of the flaw of what we were pointing out when it came to Black Lives Matter. It's this idea of hey, it's the marginalized group, and since they're the marginalized group, 
we've got to take these people and make them special. Now you got to look at the track record because we were looking at the slogan of Black Lives Matter saying, hey, this isn't inclusive. It might not be the ideal principle. And guess what happens when you got movements that are built around not the ideal principles or even perhaps create a platform by which people think, hey, we're allowed to be violent because we're in the marginalized group. You end up with violence. You're ending up with black kids who are being killed by people um, in the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it was in Atlanta. You had like an eight-year-old girl who was shot by members of the black... And then me on the side, you're not even allowed to question this. If you question it, um, not only are you, you're evil. You're evil for questioning it. The fact that you haven't just blindly sworn your allegiance to this thing that we're saying is important for the marginalized group, um, and you as a white, you're not even allowed to have thoughts. You're, how, how dare you? And so that that is the part that is so unbelievably irritating, where people are like telling you, you're not even allowed, it's like, I'm not saying I'm, I, I fucking know. I'm saying I don't think anyone knows, so nobody should have enough power to make decisions for anybody. That's kind of my perspective. Uh, I understand and respect that other people have a need for government in their lives, and I even think that they should be allowed to have it. We don't need to get too into the weeds on this, but just this concept of like them taking this extreme anchor that if you don't swear your allegiance, you're evil, um, it, it, it is beyond irritating. 